Welcome to Medically Speaking, Auburn's own medical radio show with host Dr. Mark Vaughn of the Auburn Medical Group and Larry Finney. Ladies and gentlemen, the doctor is in. Thank God you found that theme music. Yeah. Because yeah. I was going to have to hum something. I was going to have to think. All I could think of was the theme to Gilligan's Island and I, <laughs> <laughs> on short notice. And, and I don't even know if all of our, like, for example, Ethan, who is, is watching and he can comment if he wants. I don't even know if he's ever seen Gilligan's Island. That's, yeah. that's how old we are. Yeah, just, we are old know. people. Well, no, actually, we're set up. One of our uh, people questioned where we're set. We're actually set up in Dr. Vaughn's clinic in his private office here. Yeah, that's right. No, we are not in someone's home. We are in the office. We have the uh, studio in the office. And we have people saying good morning to us from all over the country. Carolyn from Phoenix, we're glad to have you be a part of it. And we also have people joining us. After this is recorded and they find it on iTunes. Under- somebody somebody says they didn't hear the music. They'll have to go back and listen to the podcast if they want to hear the music. They didn't hear the music. But okay, if you we'll- if you missed the music, it, it you didn't miss anything really. I, I'm confused as to how they wouldn't and we would. I think it's because of the delay. Okay. Well anyway, so no, where are we? Well, where are we in this fine day? Where? We're in Auburn, California. Well, I mean in, in Auburn uh, in Auburn yeah. Medical Group. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in general. I mean, we're, we're, what are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about a lot of different parenting things. Parenting questions. But. We're talking about parenting questions. So uh, here's a question from a parent. My daughter, uh, 21 months, has started... Can you read that? I didn't... Started head something. Did well, you, no, you it hasn't come up for me. Okay. You read it when it comes head up. Headbutting. Headbutting when we say no. Oh. oh. Has anyone had ever a, seen that? I had... Okay. <laughs> Okay, this is a generational difference. Okay. Okay, uh, my, uh, I'm an older person, um, you know, a baby boomer, born in the 50s. I had an older sister who used to headbutt herself on the, on, not, not, and I don't know if this person means headbutting other people, but she used to take her forehead and hammer it on the floor when she was upset. Now, today, this would probably get you sent to Child Protective Services. <laughs> but I remember my father coming up behind her. She wanted to throw a little tantrum like that. She, he, he would, he would held her by the back of the head and sort of dribbled her head on the floor <laughs> like a basketball. For, not super hard. I mean, I'm a little kid too. I'm watching this going, dude, remind me never to headbutt the floor. <laughs> and <laughs> it would make you think that. And he it? says, do you want to continue your tantrum? And she stopped. Oh Another, and so, so the next day she started to throw this tantrum, pull that stunt again. She threw herself to the floor, started to do it. My father just looked at her and she stopped in mid head stroke and just kind of grinned at him like hey just kidding yeah so now <laughs> and, and and my own son did that he headbutted a game boy when he was ticked off he, he but he wasn't 21 months old he was much older but he headbutted his game boy and broke the screen that was punishment enough oh, oh the game boy's down now you can't play anymore oh he, he, he was frustrated because mario wasn't doing what he wanted him to do or whatever oh that yeah, so, so wait, uh, did you so, say older sister? Yes. Was doing that? Yeah. Well, we're here we're talking about somebody about I'm sorry. 21 I'm months. sorry, younger, younger sister. Younger. Okay. Yeah, and we sorry. won't say any names. Yeah, we won't say names, but but it does explain a lot that. about her behavior today, you know. The neurological deficits <laughs> that she now suffers. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. J slash K, as okay. they say on the internet. Um, no, so but but back to this person's back to the question. Thing. How, yes, a very a very normal behavior that we see, and you know, I have 
Put the camera on you for a while, Put will the you? Put the camera on for me for a while. People okay, don't want to so look at me. You're going to read all the comments. Yeah. While, I, yeah. while I'm super bright here with the light coming down on me. Oh, if I shade myself, they can see me. Yeah. Okay. As far as the headbutting, I come from the the uh, the school of intervene as little as possible with things like that. Don't make a big deal out of it. Larry's dad intervened quite uh, in the old school fashion. <laughs> in the old school fashion, I'm kind of from the no school, and that would be you know you don't you don't want them to truly injure themselves. And actually, it's a very rare occurrence that a child doing the the head banging thing is actually going to get a significant injury. They may actually bruise. They could or get some abrasions, and they will heal fine. And, and most people, you know, as long as they're not hemophiliac or have some kind of immune deficiency so that you don't want them to get infected from the scrape. But in, in children that don't have problems like those, just let it play itself out. It's very rare for it to continue into um, late childhood or early adulthood. <laughs> You don't bang your head on your desk when you get frustrated. Okay, sometimes. <laughs> Someone wanted to know what age what age to start disciplining. Oh, uh, that can start very very early. Uh, we we need to teach children. They need guidance. And, and I and I think we parents. should probably d- define the, the person didn't define what they meant by discipline. Did they mean? Well, I don't want to either. Corporal punishment <laughs> or whatever, but yeah, because otherwise we'll spill up the whole show with those details. But it, it can start from a very young age for uh, them learning uh, that some things are appropriate and some things are not appropriate. Yeah. And as far as putting an actual age on it, um, absolutely, you know, I'm just thinking in my head, absolutely by the first year, um, actually well before that, um, six months, yes. I'm a little iffy about before six months whether you're going to make any difference that's going to help. I would have to defer out for younger than six yeah. months. You, you, you seem to have a. No, no, I don't. I don't have a, an opinion on that necessarily. I just, I just happened to see another question coming. Uh, this person had a, uh, a question about a ten-year-old sleepwalking and and oh, worried okay. about mental health issues. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can have these uh, what's called sonambul sonambulism. That's hard to say with the feedback in your sonambulism or sleepwalking by itself can be uh, sometimes a little dangerous, but not necessarily uh, associated with other things. Um, many individuals have this and don't have any other problems, so you shouldn't have a fear of there being something else going on. There are treatments for it, and you would get those through a sleep specialist or a neurologist um, who can help with that. We don't do it necessarily in our office. Yeah, have, you, have you had we any sleepwalking out. cases? That, don't they do strange things? Uh, in fact, I talked to a, a, on a Periscope I think it was this week about the patient who would uh, had a her- terrible parasomnia, where he would beat his wife in his sleep. His eyes were open. He looked mad, and everybody who first hears this, of course, thinks, "Okay, this guy's got a real problem, and he's just trying to pass it off as oh, right. oh I was in my sleep." No, it's a real thing. Okay, they actually do when they do EEGs on these people. They, they are in a, a, a state of sleeping, and they are awakened from it as if from sleep. Mm. But a lot of times, they'll go back to sleep. And this, this couple had horrible problems, but it was treated with medication. Yeah. Medication the, actually, uh, uh, resolved it. Since, since we're talking about children, though, somebody commented that maybe you know, putting locks on doors or something to, to limit their uh, perambulation while they're, while yeah, they're doing this. Yeah, that's a better way to do it. Yeah. Just, I mean, they're... 
I had a I had a friend whose brother, his little brother, used to get up and um, well, I'll just say do strange things. He, he went walked into the kitchen one time, perfectly asleep, opened the oven door and <gasps> peed in it. Oh, closed it. Nothing too bad. Well, he thought it was the toilet, I guess. I don't know. I I did see that one person commented about getting a sleep study. Absolutely. That is the thing that you want to do in these cases. I don't put all of my faith in sleep studies, and the reason is because they're hit and miss. So sleep studies, if they catch something, are very valuable. If they don't catch it, you still have to go by the clinical history. Yeah. Okay, so... The, the the whole the whole sleepwalking thing. I think this one person was concerned about m- future mental health problems. It was this sleepwalking is not indicative of a mental health problem. I I is don't it? know the answer on that. I do believe that there is some association, but it's it's not a hundred percent. Yes, you know it, it's not uh, destined. Uh, it doesn't destine your child to having problems. I was just somebody mentioning about uh, peeing in the oven there. They yeah. said my drunk friend did that last night. Well, yeah, <laughs> last night. That's a whole. Okay. That's a whole different issue, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually uh, something you see quite a bit on Periscope. Things along those lines, especially in the when the part of the world you're watching, the time zone is late night. Yeah, yeah. You see all sorts of things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I did a a, a ride along with a sheriff's deputy buddy uh, during a graveyard shift. You see the the strange stuff late. It's a whole at night. different time of day, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's, not the same stuff you see during during daytime. Um, so we, we got into this whole parenting uh, question because I, I saw an article in oh, yeah. a... Well, I, I'm not sure I would call it a scholarly article. It attempts to be, but it talked about uh, happiness being the issue for whether or not parents decide whether to have a second child or not. That they're, So the, it was a German study where they studied 2,000 people, asking them to rate their happiness on a scale of 1 to 10 prior to having children, then throughout that period, and then one year after having children. And Interesting. The, those after having children rated their happiness, there was a, like a 1.4 you know, rating drop. You know, in other words, if you were a whatever 10, now you're, a, yeah, now you're an 8.6 or whatever you are. Well, really, does it have to do with parenting? I mean, does it have to do with having children? Or does it have to do with all kinds of life events that occur, or your perspective, or... Or whatever. Well, did they control it? The way you, well, the way no. you know if a and, problem was due to what you're studying, is and no, and no, they didn't. They said that they couldn't. They couldn't isolate for things like uh, financial. Did, did the economy drop at that time? Was precisely. there a terrorist attack that changed the right? And they couldn't control for that. No, they, that's why you have to do controlled studies. That's although, why I don't. Although they concluded that, and and this is, I don't think we needed to study to figure this out. They concluded that the, um, I guess, your parenting experience with your first one weighs heavily into your decision to have subsequent children. Well, absolutely, uh, duh. Haven't you ever said if we had? Uh... Well, like my fourth child, I can say something of a, a personal expert on this subject. After our fourth child, what, if we'd had the fourth child first, I might have had ten. Oh, you know, because that one was such an easy kid. The two boys in the middle, though, tempered my <laughs> my ardor for having children. Uh, although they bring me joy now, yeah. There, there were times when you know, head, headbutting the Game Boy and things like—I mean, that was that was nothing compared to some of the strange things they've done. Yeah, and I won't go into it. No, and, and, and thankfully, my experience has been. But they're all different now that they're older. Yeah, yeah. I I would love to. Uh, 
have more than just four, but at the same time, it's it's kind of nice to be able to focus all my attention on the four. And, and it's it's a season of life that doesn't last forever. You know, they, they tell you, yeah. they'll, they'll tell you parents, oh, you know, uh, enjoy these times. They don't last forever. Well, it, it's so true. true. It does, it does flash so by and, and it may be difficult for you to conceive of the time, but it's maybe even more difficult for you at that moment to quote, enjoy it. I know. I remember uh, being there. I remember people telling me that. And I remember thinking, and this mean this, there's aspects I, of this that are not fun. I'm waiting until they get older, and I yeah. will truly say I enjoy them more the older they get. Yeah. Uh, a slightly off-topic subject. Someone someone wanted to know about antibiotics. They said uh, I've got this chest cold or whatever it was, and it's lingering here for longer than ten days. And I'm should I still continue my antibiotics or not? And that kind of connects with last week's topic about the possible overuse, overuse of antibiotics. And I guess absolutely. it would absolutely. Yeah, if somebody's been taking antibiotics for upper respiratory symptoms, if it's mild cold symptoms, they never should have been put on it in the first place and never should have taken them in the first place. Uh, and if they're not having chest, if this is somebody with a normal immune system and they're not having chest pain, coughing up blood, not having a fever, not short of breath, then it, there's very few other reasons why you would even be on the antibiotics, even if it is going on for 10 days. Colds last 10 days quite often. That's not an unusual occurrence. We see that quite often. If any of those other things I listed are going on, they should get back to the doctor. This happens quite often that a patient comes in, has upper respiratory symptoms, is very demanding for antibiotics, and for whatever reason, the, the doctor goes along with thinking that's a good thing and prescribes them for them. And then they don't get better within three days as they would from a bacteria that responds to the antibiotics. And then the, the symptoms continue, and then they're thinking they need uh, either more antibiotics or different antibiotics uh, for the thing that antibiotics didn't make a difference for. This happens often. They just want to get fixed right away. That's that's with yeah, most people. And, like. and they think antibiotics are the answer. And here's the thing. This goes back to the controlled studies. If it's just your own experience and you go, oh, I got antibiotics in two days. Within two days, I was fine. Or within one day, I was fine. So every time after that, they think the antibiotics resolved those symptoms they had before. They're absolutely convinced that's what's happened because of their own experience. And you cannot argue with a, a person's experience. Yeah. But you can do studies that have controls where one group gets the antibiotics, another group doesn't. And you find out if they just have a cold, there's no significant difference between the two groups. Okay. But the perception for the ones who got the antibiotics, let me, let they me, think that's what made it better. Yeah, to interrupt you for a second, somebody is asking a parenting question. They said, what if your three-year-old is giving you a hard time about eating? In other words, they're, <laughs> uh, you know what, the kid, I, this is just my, my uh, veteran parent, not, not as a medical expert or because I'm not, but the kid doesn't want to eat. They, won't, uh, they will not starve. They will not starve. Eventually, they will eat. They will eventually eat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Children do not purposely starve themselves. It does occur on occasion with with uh, now. If you're food, I, I would guess that if you're the kind of family that likes to sit down, at, and these are fewer and fewer, sit down at the table and have a family meal all together at one time. You know, which is okay, what we do as often as we can. If they don't, if, maybe if they don't want to actually put food in their mouth and make it go down their esophagus, well, they get to sit there for the the time yes, anyway. Absolutely, right. Yeah, be I mean, a part of. You don't family. want to eat your broccoli. Don't eat your broccoli. I would like to see you do that, but hey. But um, but you don't get to anything else until you eat it, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> but don't expect to eat a, a you know an ice cream sundae afterwards. Not happening. No, no. So you know if they don't want to eat, you know you That's try your right. best. Eventually they will because they will get hungry. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. 
and, just, and, and check their room. Make sure that they don't have a stash of like Reese's Pieces or something up there, you know, in their oh, closet. Excellent. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. Yeah, they stash that food. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that completely. Okay, we got to thank you on that. And lots of hearts on that too, by the way. Uh, someone suggests let them eat all day finger food when they want it and don't worry about it. Well, I mean, in a way, I suppose so. I to mean, to an extent, you know, yeah. it, it's a matter of, you know, choosing, choosing your battles, what's, what's really important. Yeah. Uh, but somebody's concerned about the nutrition of the child. Yes. Uh, they will not be getting the ideal amount of their nutrients as they're going through this phase. But the, here, I'll, I'll refer back to a study is in the seventies or eighties where they found that the majority of Americans in an average day did not get a hundred percent of all the recommended nutrients and vitamins that um, on average they should get on a daily basis. And this was the cause for lots of movement of multivitamins into Americans. Here's the problem. Well, is the study done by the vitamin manufacturers? Somebody. Here's the problem. A lot of micronutrients and vitamins that they weren't getting a hundred percent of on an average, average day, you don't need to get every day. In fact, you can go an entire 12 months with none coming in your body before you would run out of your stores or be at a level where it would cause a problem a whole year. So we don't need... Now, you're not saying those. I could not eat for an entire year. You're just talking about certain uh, micronutrients. Certain micronutrients I can... that, that through this study to suggest that Americans weren't getting what they needed. Oh. So if you are eating a well-rounded, nutritious diet, you are getting all that you need unless you are one of those rare individuals. And actually, there's more and more we're finding. So in other all. words, throughout the course of a year, I am likely to eat some of those micronutrients just on the natural. It's and, just going to happen. you'll get enough to last you the whole year. Rest of the year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So don't worry about the day-to-day -day nutrition so much as you're rearing your children and they may not have the appetite to eat a good nutritious meal. It will come around, and they are very resilient, and they do have the nutrients they need. You, you started to react to the notion that um, kids might have food stashed in their yeah. rooms. Yeah. I mean, having experienced somewhat in the prison system, when inmates go on, hung, quote, hunger strikes, quote, hunger strike. you, you discover that they, they actually have... They have uh, a roommate they could eat. They, they, yes, and they stash... Yeah, they have a roommate they could eat. They, have, they stash food from the canteen in their... celly. Yeah, their celly, or their celly's food. Yeah, you know, and they're they okay. So because they're not showing up for meals, yeah, but they're eating. Yeah, you know, don't give me that. Yeah, there are those rare instances where somebody goes on a hunger strike, and, and it's well. I mean, I mean we're, we're 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 talking about your kid though, who's yeah. you know refusing Children to eat at the table. Up, don't do yeah. they do they have a bag of potato chips hiding in their in their room? So that might be part of their lack of appetite. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think she was talking about a, like we're a, being spoiled. A three month old though. She was talking about a three month old. So. Yes. Yeah. We, uh, we, we come from a, a community and a culture that there's such thing as children being spoiled. Yeah. And there are. It, it can happen. And it's it's a lot of our children. I'll admit, even one of our children. One of our Periscope followers had a kind of a cute idea. Said, get an ice cube tray, and you put different kinds of nutritious foods in each of the slots of the ice cube tray. <laughs> and if they eat, uh, let's say three or four, if they clear out three or four of those slots, then they get some oh, kind okay. of a treat. Give them some choice. Sure. Yeah. That's nice. Um, very nice. Yeah. Well, well, will you be my well parent? <laughs> yeah. Well played. <laughs> Who are you? Yes. Do you need a 45 year old child? <laughs> <laughs> what would you put in the slots of your tray? Uh, for the nutrition foods? Probably uh, like all vegetables. No, you. 
You're the 45-year-old who wants your, uh, your ice cube tray. Oh. Your, your ideal parent who hands you an ice cube tray. I want, I want Reese's. Yeah. Butterfinger. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that uh, salted caramel popcorn stuff. Yeah, all the bad things. <laughs> Let's admit wouldn't, it. Wouldn't it be great to just have... <laughs> Some yeah, study that says these things are good for you. Oh, we yeah. have to eat good stuff too. Yeah. Have to eat healthy. You know, most of these studies that are done saying that such and such a food is good for you or such and such a food uh, is found to reduce your risk of whatever disease are funded by the... Whoever's selling it. All right. So like say, it's the... the uh, dairy council. Exactly. The, the dairy council will suddenly say, hey, it's it's great. Uh, you, you should eat more dairy. Although I was listening to NPR the other day, I, I, I will admit it openly... And he's come out. They were, they were following out on this show. They were following a study that the Danish uh, board that that makes butter. I mean, they they funded a study and published it that actually discovered that you know butter is not that good for you. That olive oil is far better. And they admitted wow. it. And this is after and, and this the study went like there was like forty seven of these kind of studies that were funded by some agency. Wow, th- some interest That's group. Impressive. 46 of the 47 or whatever it is always found in favor of their product. But, yeah. but the Danish said, yeah, you know what? Butter's not so good for you. Yeah, you need, you need objectivity. You need somebody independently doing the study or whatever it is. And so in medicine, oftentimes the problem we're coming across is we're looking at studies about a particular uh, drug that's used to treat a, a problem. And the study was sponsored by the manufacturer. Sure, absolutely. So uh, in the past... Now, uh, this has been corrected somewhat. In the past, they would actually not publish studies that didn't come in the favor of their drug, and then they'd, they'd publish the other ones. Yeah, with, withhold the negative and just yeah, publish the yeah. positive. Well, now there's actually some legislation uh, that yeah. addresses that problem. Also, along those lines, we would have problems with when we go to medical conference, the people speaking, oftentimes they were on the dole of some drug manufacturer Thankfully, now it's very easy to find conferences where the speakers are paid by the, you know, the people paying for the conference rather than some drug company paying for it. Yeah. And so here at the Auburn Medical Group, that's all that we attend now is um, one of our one of our uh, listeners is noting that the French eat a lot of butter and appear not to be bothered by it. But I don't know. Let's French we should, people die. Yeah, they do. Uh, and Greek people eat a lot of olive oil, but uh, I mean, do they? they I wonder if Greek, do, do Greeks live as long as Frenchmen? No. I don't know. As far as I know, no. yeah, I suspect the French have a more fun life. But again, is that because of diet, or is that because of yeah, who, yes. economic problems, or societal or problems? other yeah. Yeah, other things in their life? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a fan of butter and We're, bacon. I am too. In fact, you know what? If you want that, that mom out there with the ice cube tray, if you want to put butter and bacon, <laughs> butter, just fill one of them up. Yeah, just just. Top it off. Actually, put, have put, it keeping. Yes. Stuff butter and bacon. Have and, you ever put uh, butter on bacon? And mayonnaise. Put mayonnaise in there, too. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, but, those things... But those but, things... Are, I, I, I admit, those things aren't great for you. You don't want to eat them in but huge they quantities. But need to be but, done... Uh, yeah. In yeah, moderation. Exactly in wise, moderation. Though. You need to eat good food, too. And if you are having more calories, total calories, than you need, then you, you're going to have to be spending them by getting exercise and burn them off and keeping your body fit. Yeah. So you can have these things in moderation. I wouldn't have it every day. Right. You don't have to view them as if they're little arsenic tablets, you know, <laughs> a couple strips of bacon now and then that's not going to, that's not going to be what kills you. Something's going to kill you. Or then you can get to these other people, the fatalists. Something's going to kill you anyway. 
We actually had might as well eat the bacon. Appropriate Periscope question about an eleven-month-old. Yeah, he's drinking milk and on uh, going on food. And does he need a Ooh. vitamin drop? Going on solid food. Yeah. Oh, and because they they're off of of the oh they're drinking milk. Does he need a vitamin drop yeah. for what? Vit- for vitamins. Okay. Oh, for, a, a, for a supplement. A multivitamin supplement. Because a, a, the. I don't know if they currently do, but in the past, American Academy of Pediatrics would tell um, all of the doctors to get everybody on a multivitamin to make sure that we don't have problems. That has been, to a certain extent, overstated, but in children where you're still making that transition to solid food, it would not hurt. I will say that. We'll put it that way. Yeah, and there's somebody says if you want to get vitamin D, make make the kids play outside in the sun. Play outside. That well, is actually the richest source of vitamin D, is it not? There, there's good old sunlight. There, that's that's a two-edged sword. But yes. they'll get skin cancer. Ah. We we don't want we don't want them getting damaged from the sun. We don't right. want them getting that ionizing radiation, which is bad for skin and yeah. is a risk factor for skin cancer. But we do want them getting natural vitamin D production from sun. So just like we said, just the last comment, moderation. Yeah. Don't don't let your kid lay out there in the sun, getting no. getting the George no. Hamilton suntan for no, no. forever. And, and if they're going to be out for a prolonged period in the summer, do put sunscreen on them and cover them up. Yeah, but let them get some sun. Yeah, let them play outside. Get yeah. them away from the dang yes. computer and yes. the video games. Just get them outside. Go play baseball. Go yes. play basketball. Go yes. play soccer. Do something in the and, sun. And I'm sure there's people who want us to say some kind of quantitative amount that is safe or that isn't, and it varies from child to child and from region to re- latitude to latitude, we're not able to provide that. Right. Sorry. Actual melanin uh, may vary. Yeah. <laughs> depending on where you live. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's just reality. We, yeah. you, you, you go to the doctors for, for numbers on everything, and we just don't have that kind of knowledge and you know what we need I, more humility as a profession i think well indeed and i think a lot of, of, of folks that are lay people i mean just intuitively can figure some of this stuff out i mean you, we don't need experts in our lives to tell us everything whether it's legal or financial well, or whatever i mean and then there's things where people intuitively do stupid stuff well absolutely wrong but maybe too. people just want validation so, too they want so validation they know it give you yeah. absolutes yeah they they just like to know that their suspicion is correct yeah but yeah it's okay say, let them go outside and play and read, and it doesn't have to be direct sunlight. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry I left the camera on you. Oh, well, that's... But I do want to... That is unfortunate. <laughs> a little lull here, so I want to tell everybody. Um, if if you're watching live, that means you're on... Let me see. Then, then thank yes. you. We love you. Yes, because you guys participate in the show, and we really appreciate your questions and hearts. And when you follow, swipe right to follow, and when you share with friends, swipe right to share with friends, and if you are a podcast listener and you're listening to this, you don't see what we're talking about, but you hear it and you like it, mm-hmm. please give us a rating on iTunes. And if it's in the late winter, early, early spring, go to podcastawards.com and vote for us for the best health or medical-related podcast. Is there, are there health risks involved in engaging in shameless self-promotion yeah you might lose audience okay <laughs> that's the risk <laughs> but overall the studies find that you increase yeah so that's right funny. i could comment on some studies about that uh, particularly the obama administration when they were doing their election campaigns sure this, well this they learned. yeah but i guess instead of doing that yeah let's talk about travis lloyd should we give him a little plug why not 
we get tell you guys thing. about Travis Lloyd. Travis Lloyd wrote a book called Overcoming Emotional Trauma, Life Beyond Survival Mode. He is a fellow that uh, I met on, on this very Periscope, not this podcast, but Periscope, which is uh, at Dr. Vaughn. And he talked about, in his book, growing up as a foster child and the difficulty with going from the foster system to being a well-adjusted, productive, and happy adult. Good material. I'm, I'm still starting. You can see how far I am by the bookmark there. But Travis, thank you for sending the book. I, I'm going to comment more on it after I finish it. I don't know if Larry's interested in it or not, but uh, it's somewhat healthcare related. He writes to healthcare professionals, um, mental illness professionals, which he's been both. He's been a psych tech, he's been a psych nurse, he's been an emergency department nurse, and um, did start his doctoral program, although I don't know if he finished it. It would be good to have him as a uh, Skype guest. I think we, yeah. I think that could happen once we get Skype working on the new system. I think we could have uh, Travis Lloyd as a guest. And uh, oh, and if you guys want to find him, you can find him on Twitter and on Periscope also. And I'm looking up his card here so I can tell you what he is. It's at Travis Lloyd. Lloyd has two L's. So you may be interested in that, particularly if you have an interest in. Uh, individuals who are in the foster care system or if you if you work in it yourself okay um as they say in the uh in california at about 2 a.m i think it's time for last call okay is it a different time in other states i don't know okay so this is and what that means is for our folks who are on periscope uh because that's where our live questions come from these days if you guys have a a last question for us to finish out the show with Go ahead and give it now. And, of course, we'll keep talking here to give you some time to get those typed in because I know it takes forever to type them in. Yeah, they're, they're looking at, how do you spell um, yeah. steatopigia? Yeah. Speaking, speaking yeah. of spelling, uh, somebody wanted to have uh, Travis's name there again. And I, I'm just trying to hold it up. I hope that it's in focus. It's T-R-A-V-I-S-L-L-O-Y-D, I believe. It's yep. Not, that's focused, and I'm reading it backwards because this is a yeah. A you got it. Image that I'm looking at here. And if you so, missed that, go to the podcast, and you can hear it. Uh, we'll, we'll put it in the notes at medicallyspeakingradio.com. And if you need to write to us, it's Mark at medicallyspeakingradio.com. All right. Are you seeing any last questions? Yeah, something about twittering live without leaving the broadcast. Um, I'm not sure if you can try it and let us know <laughs> if we're still here. So I'm checking, oh, checking the clock over here to see where we're at because we are at the end of the show. It's been a good show with good questions about parenting, and we look forward to next time. If you uh, want to know where the show is and you don't necessarily catch the live show at 10 a.m. Pacific on uh, medicallyspeakingradio.com or on Periscope, you can always find them afterwards at, uh, on iTunes for Medically Speaking Radio. And then if we happen to do the show at a different time, we still do it live on Periscope, but we put out the show at 10 a.m. So any last comments over there? Nope, just thanks for listening, folks. We do appreciate everybody listening. And as always, this is Dr. Mark Vaughn telling you to stay in good health.